Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush this week. So as I'm getting back into sports, with all of them starting the last few weeks, I have to, I'm back watching baseball. I always love baseball, so that's, you know, plenty of things have gained my attention uh, over the last couple of weeks watching baseball. The first one is exit velocity, or now shortened to exit velo. So why is this now a thing? We know Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton hit the ball real hard. We all know that. But does it really matter whether it's 99 miles an hour or 112 miles per hour or whatever it is? Do you think Reggie Jackson cared about how fast the ball got out of the ballpark? I think he liked it slower so that he can watch it longer around the bases. Um, and I think that might be a better thing. So on August 9th of 2018, apparently in a game against the Texas Rangers, Stanton hit a home run with an exit velocity of 121.7 miles per hour. The fastest exit velocity for a home run measured, and this was according to StatCast, surpassing, of course, the record by who else but Aaron Judge, 121.1. So I was reading an article where David Mayberry, who has a great title, he's a baseball application specialist for whatever that is, for a company called FlightScope. And he said that even a few years ago, no one talked about the launch angle, exit velocity, or the spin rate of a pitch. But now even on the youth level, it's going down to the academies. Colleges are starting to ask, what's the kid's exit velocity? What's their spin rate? All of this data is really quantifiable, as they like to say, So that, that using big words there. But it's a great measuring tool for an evaluation. So with that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. Um, he is a great newsman, host of his own syndicated morning show, This Morning, America's First News with Gordon Deal. He's also a stadium announcer for the New York Giants. He might also uh, do their laundry and stuff, too. But, Gordy, welcome. It's been a long time. Thanks for joining this morning. Finally, I get to be on Lens Burning Bush. I know. I've waited, what, like 18 weeks or something I've been waiting for. I know, and I apologize for that. You were on the top of my list. I, I, I really, you know, it's just, it, it gets it gets away from me after a little bit. So, <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope you're not big timing me up, but I'm glad I'm in the top 20. No, you're in the top 20. You'd be, you'd be, uh, when we do a best of, you're going to be right there. So it's all good. Uh, so it's all good. But, but this thing, so I've been watching these games and, and, these announcers are going every other thing. Well, their exit velo is this, and there's enough already with the exit velo. I, I, I mean, there's this flight scope uh, information. They rely on like this 3D Doppler. It's like the weather, right? They got the 3D Doppler, and apparently uh, they're able through a Wi-Fi hotspot. So this is they utilize a built-in camera with a Wi-Fi hotspot. You can see I looked this up because it's really aggravating me. Um, but get this, it it's not cheap which you would think, right? It wouldn't be cheap. $18,000 for this particular device. Wow. And apparently um, colleges, pro teams, uh, the Yankees own three units of this, of course, you know, because they got to find out whether Stanton and Judge are hitting these. But going back to my first point, who cares? I just want to know how far the ball went. That's all I care about. Am I missing something? Listen, we're a data-driven society these days, right? I guess that's just something else to enhance the TV experience. That's the only thing I can really think of. Listen, when I talk baseball, I don't talk, you know, exit velo with no. people. Um, I don't think it's anything that comes up in player contract negotiations. Um, but who knows? 
Well, apparently but the I, scouts are looking at it. I mean, this is real information. There, you know, you've got uh, Stanford, you've got Illinois, Arkansas, Bucknell colleges that are buying these units. I mean, good for good for the company um, FlightScope because they're making some money. That I always like to have people make money. But all right, so 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 how about this then? What if this is related to a pitcher's diminishing velocity as? He begins to age in the major leagues, where a team might say, "Well, you're not worth five million anymore because your 97 mile an hour fastball now averages around 94." What if they say to a slugger, "Well, your exit velo in your late 20s was 118, and it's dropped to 109, so you're not hitting the ball as hard as you used to. Therefore, we can't pay you what we used to pay you." I don't know. That's yeah. the only thing I can really well, think of. And I think that's what it is, but I can't stand the announcers go on and on now. And as you know, both of us have are do this, uh, have done this for a living, where we we do play by play and we do you know commentary. I just enough already. I don't want to hear about exit velo. That's not what I'm watching the game for. But they go on and on. It was on ESPN. Um, the Yankees were on ESPN one night, and I'm watching. I, I watched through the through the Major League Baseball app, but. This particular game was on ESPN. Of course, A-Rod was there with, uh, you know, Matt Viskersen, I think it is. Is, is that who does the games? But, he, you know, good announcer, really good, but they always got to throw in the exit velo. I just uh, I just don't get it. There's so many categories now, apparently. Well, yeah. When I hear these former major leaguers or former professional athletes of any kind in the booth, I want to hear stories. Yeah. Like for me, as and I'm a Mets fan – um, there's no question in my mind that they have the best broadcast team from base from radio to television, hands down. And when I hear Ron Darling and Keith Hernandez telling stories about their times in the 80s or early 90s, I'm riveted. I love to hear those old stories. I don't like you said. I don't care about exit no. velo and all that other stuff. Tell me what it was like in the clubhouse. Give me the stuff that I can't get from the play-by-play announcer. The the teasing that went on in the bench. Who smoked regularly like Hernandez? Or, uh, you know, what was the social life like? Tell me something, you know, that's not going to get you in trouble these days. But I want to hear that stuff that a, that a, a journalist or a play-by-play guy can't give. You know, I want to see behind the scenes of a real life pro baseball player. And that's what made Phil Rizzuto so good as well. When when he yes. you know, he, he he would talk about so many other things other than baseball, but that's what we liked. I, I just I just don't think we need another step. There's so many categories now. And acronyms have always been a pet peeve of mine. I actually did a whole show. My second episode was acronyms. I just I can't stand everything is is an acronym now. Uh, there are too many categories. Like we know that there was whip, right? There's so many, but there's so much advanced now stat abbreviations for baseball. The categories are ridiculous. There is a category, obviously there's OPS, right, which stands for on-base percentage plus slugging percentage. Um, there's so much. But the other thing that you even have war, which is wins above replacement. Now, if you have to explain what these things are, enough already with the acronyms, right? You need a glossary for all of these, but everything's an acronym. But do we need wins above replacement? But that's the sabermetric stuff that we're seeing, right? Yeah. It's, it's Moneyball, I guess, right? Yeah, Everything it's all about Moneyball. There's Every two. That is about a dollar, I guess. 
Yeah, there's actually a runs created category, and a, it's, it's enough. I just want to watch the game. I enjoy baseball. It's a kind of a nice, soothing game. You can watch it. People always say it's boring. I disagree. I, I mean, I like football. I like basketball. But baseball is one of those. You could be doing other things and still keep in touch. But funny story. So I watch, um, I watch the Yankees. You're a Mets fan. I'm a Yankee fan. Aaron Judge, I've been saying this for a long time. He is like must-see TV. So I'm watching the Yes Network uh, broadcast of, of the uh, Yankee game on Friday night. And I, I've been saying this, my father-in-law, we watch the games, and I, I say, Aaron Judge, it's must-see TV. you got to stop what you're doing. There's not many players in, in my lifetime that you got to stop what you're doing to watch. But he's one of them. So Paul O'Neill, he comes up and says, he's must-see TV. I was like, he must be listening from my, from my living room because I've been saying this forever. But he is. I mean, you watch Aaron Judge, you can't miss an at-bat of Aaron Judge, right? Is that? That's, I, I think that's, that's fair. And, and to me, as a Mets fan, they used to say that about Daryl Strawberry. Yes. Oh, it, I agree. There's Mets teams, you know, in the mid, mid to late 80s where he, 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 there was a good chance he was going to strike out, but there was also a good chance he was going to hit it 400 feet. And yeah. I just, he finished the season with uh, 35 home runs and 40 RBIs. That was yeah. uh, Strawberry's thing <laughs> with for a the, while. That was like Dave Kingman. He had uh, 40 homers and yeah, exactly. Remember Dave Kingman? We're 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 dating ourselves a little bit. Uh, show showing the age. So in the baseball games, we're actually seeing cardboard cutouts, and we're going to see this all over. Apparently, there's cardboard cutouts. Uh, the funniest cardboard cutout I saw was in Kansas City. They apparently decided um, somebody was pretty funny. They they have creative a lot more creative abilities than probably you or I. But they, they used a cutout of Bernie Lomax, which the actor Terry Kaiser from the movie Weekend at Bernie's. And they show the, the, with the blue blanket and they, they've got him with the glasses. It's like Weekend at Bernie's, which I have deemed now, instead of Weekend at Bernie's, we can have a, a sequel to the movie, Coronacation with Bernie. But that's... Yeah. That, that, we gotta, we got to get that script going. I, there's something to that. <laughs> there's yeah. something to But what do you think yeah. of these cardboard cutouts and put, piping in sound and noise in these games? Now, you do, you know, you're, you're doing the Giants. They're going to pipe in, you know, fan noise. What do you think about that? I, you know, I, it's creating an, an environment for the players, I presume, which is fine. You're trying to create some sort of normalcy. I don't understand the cardboard cutouts unless – you're a team that's trying to figure out a way to monetize it. You know, maybe you're somebody super rich and you have an ego and you want to pay for your cardboard cutout to be behind the catcher, uh, you know, so you can be seen. Maybe you're an aspiring model and you want your face on TV. You pay a couple hundred bucks to sit there for three games. I, I don't know. I, the cardboard stuff to me is weird. I, I watch a lot of soccer on TV, specifically European soccer. So, you know, they've draped these massive banners um, over the seats, over enormous sections of seating. They can throw a sponsor on there and, you know, make a few bucks from it since revenue is going to be way down for all these clubs this year. Maybe something along those lines. I just don't see what the cardboard cutouts bring to the game. No, I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's ridiculous. But you're right. Teams are actually charging uh, money so that if you want to put yourself in the game, you can do that. And they're, I, I, hey, I agree. you got to make money. They're trying. Any, everybody doesn't. With this whole COVID thing, no one knows what's going on. They're trying to just, you know, survive day to day and figure out how I'm going to bring in that revenue that we're missing from the fact that no one is, uh, you know, the fans aren't there. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit here because I think I like to learn something new every day. Do you, I mean, that's always part of my thing, right? So uh, as an older as an older gentleman, I 
there are certain things I like. I didn't know what a meme was until like two, like a year or two ago. Like I I was late to the table with the meme. Okay. So apparently I'm late to the table again. Um, I found out something this week that I had no idea existed. It is called glamping. G l a m p i n g glamping, and I mean, am I? I did not know what this was. Do you? Did have you ever heard of this before? I'm aware of glamping. Uh, I'm not a glamper. Uh, I'm not even really a camper. I've been a handful of times, but it's not been of the glamping variety. Uh, the, the most I'd glamp would be an air mattress in the tent. Yeah. Uh, I've not slept inside, you know, a fancy pop-up tent or a slick five-wheeler or a motorhome or something along those lines. I'm kind of with the belief, like, you know, I, I want to be out there a little bit. I, I want to feel the cool mountain air coming through the tent. Um, yeah. Pillows a little bit moist in the morning, you know, from condensation. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with that. But I'm, I'm of a certain age now, as you referenced, where I, I don't want to actually be on the ground. No. So I, I would prefer a mat at a minimum, air mattress preferably. Okay. Well, I always like to say that for me, roughing it is having no Wi-Fi at the hotel. That's pretty yeah. much roughing it. I don't want to go to the bathroom outside. I've got no desire. I'm not that type of person i've camping has just never been one but this glamping and and just to explain to uh, people listening if they don't understand what it is it's where stunning nature meets modern luxury so they came up with this glamping for camping glamour camping i guess is the the way that you uh do it but my thing is why not just stay at a hotel and i know now glamping might be more popular because people don't want to stay at a hotel with the whole COVID thing. So maybe that is why it's picking up. But I just don't understand that. I, again, I'll raise my hand as I do a lot of weeks on this show. I just don't get it. Like, I don't get well, the glamping. I mean, the scene, uh, boy, the number of rentals of recreational vehicles, the number of purchases of recreational vehicles are through the roof right now because of all this, right? People haven't spent money on that European vacation and they're they're going for these RVs it's remarkable I mean you ever watch uh, what's the TV show on one of the cable channels going RV or yeah. something like that it's amazing what they can do with space and luxury in some of these things so I, I can understand why somebody would prefer to stay in there rather than a hotel but you know ultimately if you're on a campsite you know rather than a Marriott or a Hilton you're saving a lot of bucks and you're still getting away uh, you're still you know able to get away. As a diamond member with with Hilton, I'm not staying. You know, I'm I'm not. You know, there's, it's it's rough. I mean, I need I need specific at my age now. I need specific accommodations. Here's, I, I, listen, I, here's what you can do. Here's yeah. here's the happy medium. You, you you cash in a couple of nights with your with your Diamond Club membership, but actually put the air mattress on the balcony and stay outside. All right, there. Well, that there you know, you this is why I bring you on. This is Sorry. this is what's great about this. I get everybody's <laughs> perspective of what these. Uh, things mean so glamping uh, you know we could get you know that could be something to do the rvs you mentioned i'm not spending one hundred and thirty thousand dollars on an rv i don't know about you but there's some of these rvs that are ridiculous they've got you know a couple of four or five bedrooms and they've got this it's like you know uh, you know you your house is uh, not as good as some of these Uh, Uh, if i'm if if like you if i'm if i'm spending one hundred thirty thousand dollars on an rv my house is being sold Yes. We're going full time in the RV. Oh, that's, you know it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're having a new address. It's going to be uh, with a license plate instead of. I got yeah. to tell you a story. So um, the first time I go camping with my wife, uh, Kelly, 
we were not married yet, but we go to, um, uh, I think it was Swartzwood State Forest in northern New Jersey. And uh, we check in for, for one night. We're going to throw up the tent, stay in the sleeping bags. The park ranger greets us, takes our money or whatever, and says, uh, just a reminder, don't leave your cooler in view anywhere because the bears recognize this as a food source and will come for it. And, and he specified, don't even leave it in the back seat because they will break your car windows to get to the cooler. Put it in the trunk of your car what's out of sight. Great. Okay, we follow the rules. So then we decide we're going to make s'mores, right? We, we brought s'mores. Well, we had, I guess, never made s'mores before or forgotten the process involved. So we proceed to stack the s'mores together with the graham crackers and the chocolate and the marshmallow all at once. Uh-oh. Hold them, hold them with tongs over the fire, and proceed to burn the hair off our hands and forearms. <laughs> and we're thinking, what, what fun are s'mores? I don't get it. And then we finally realized uh, weeks later when somebody explained, "No, you idiots! You actually just hold the marshmallow over the fire with a long stick, so you don't suffer first degree burns, and then make the you know the s'more kind of post post uh, post production, if you will." This is why some people need a license to figure out fires, right? That's why I always say, like, fireworks, you need people with a license. You need a license for bait in the water, but you don't need... See, that story is great, but if I would have heard the first words out of his mouth were, hide the cooler because of the bear, I would have been out. (laughs) I would have been... I would have been... Hightailing it out of there. I don't need to see a bear. There's just, you know, it. I've spent all my life not seeing a bear. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to see a bear. That's why I'm not going on any camping trip. I just, I don't need the outdoor life. I don't need, you know, I, I, I like, you know, and of course during the March time where we couldn't find toilet paper, but now that we have to, that I like the the finer things in life. I, I don't need to, you know, be on the on the run in the in the woods. That's not that's not for me. Fully understand, but I do like a good s'more, and obviously, yeah. I, hopefully, now you understand how to make it. Yes, and and, oh, and much, better. much better. Much better. Oh, that's good. See, we my skin is in much better shape. Yeah. So we have a fire pit in the neighborhood a lot, and last night we did, and one of the neighbors' fire. It was like, oh my god, this is so this is so warm, um, and it was you realize that you're almost too close to the fire because your legs start getting. It's like the hair <laughs> of your legs start coming. <laughs> it's too too warm, but that's uh, yeah. Usually it's the shins and yeah. then the kneecaps, and then you realize it's time to back away a little bit. Yeah, back away. That's what I did. I moved the chair, and of course, you know, you keep moving. You can't move too far away from it. But it's right. fire pits are nice, but it, but I look at it as another excuse to open up the cooler. See, I, sure. you got to have the cooler. I mean, there's got there's stuff in the cooler. Hopefully, some adult beverages. And I always yes. talk about that, and people are going to think I'm an alcoholic because I always talk about alcohol. But during COVID, you need. I mean, this is something that we need to have a little bit of of release. So. That's it. It's a great pairing, a glass of red and a campfire. Oh, fire yeah. a glass of red. That's it. Last Saturday, I had a bunch of guys. A friend of ours brought back wine from Long Island, a, brew, a, a, a winery in Long Island that uh, was tremendous. I mean, I, I, I went to Italy. with Susan and I went to Italy last, uh, last year. We were supposed to go to Greece this year, but, of course, that got canceled. But we went to Italy last year. The, to me, most favorite thing, we were in Venice and every day was just another bottle of wine, another yeah. bottle of red wine. So good wine is just, you know, I'm not drinking the box wine, right? That, that's not happening. Really good, really good wine is, is, is different. So this, this wine that we had from Long Island was tremendous. And, and you got to watch yourself because 
that stuff creeps up on you. The good wine uh, really does. So you got to be behave yourself. I'm always impressed by how the company you're in can change the taste of wine. So you can have that $4 bottle of wine and taste dynamite if you're in the right company at a good bring-your-own restaurant or sitting along a fire pit and somebody busts out that bottle and you think, man, this is really good. Then you go purchase it yourself a week later and pour it at home and you think, wow, this really is not that good. But well, it was all about the company and the food, you know, that, that, that wine can seem enhanced at times. It's amazing. Funny that you bring that up. So again, in Venice, everything tasted better, right? Yeah. So Susan and I decided we're going to buy a couple of bottles of wine. So we put it, we put the bottles of wine in the suitcase and we, you know, made sure that we got them back. And just to your point, it must've been the atmosphere in Venice because we got the wine and I'm like, this is not the same. <laughs> it's not as good. What, All what happened? Know nothing about wine. They know nothing about wine. And maybe in Kentucky, it just doesn't taste as good as it did in, in Venice. I don't get it. I, but you just brought that up and it's like that. That's exactly true. Look at you. You're always it's hundred percent accurate. Does it, does anybody ever tell you that on a regular basis, but that's uh, you're 100% correct in that outside the home, maybe not inside the home. No, not <laughs> Well, that's wonderful. So everybody's been kind of watching a lot of TV through this whole thing, COVID. People are binging Netflix. Have you gotten involved in that, or or you uh, you've got another? You got your own show, so you got things to do. But you got to keep up a little bit with the with the Netflix, don't you? It's it's funny you say that because uh, the quarantine has been the only time ever that I've seen a program start to finish. With the exception of uh, Blue Bloods on, on traditional CBS, which, so which Kelly and I like to watch when it's on Friday nights, 10 o'clock. That's our thing. Is that Tom Selleck in that? That is Tom Selleck. Okay. Yes. God, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Um, and uh, Bridget Moynihan, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. mind uh, watching. No, not hurt. doesn't hurt the eyes. Uh, it's a great, uh, great, great set of characters on there. Well, uh, but the only thing I've watched start to finish is Ozark. Oh god, that's so good. I fantastic show. I and and and, and a follow up to that and I I would bet all my money that you have watched it as well is The Last Dance. Yes, I did. I watched The Last Dance from start to finish. I loved it. I I find watching stuff from when we were growing up or when we lived it you almost forget that some of this stuff is happening. Like, was I there? Like, I can't, rem- you can't always remember everything. And you almost wish that you had focused a little more. I always look at that with Live Aid, like in 1985. I always look at that. Like, I should have followed it a little bit closer, right? When I watch it now, I'm like, wow, this this was awesome. Same thing with Last Last Dance. I mean, that whole Michael Jordan, it was, it was fantastic. So I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And it wasn't as easy as then, though, either. No. Right? You know, we were in high school then. You know, this is you're talking about the 1980s. Mm-hmm. There's no internet. Um, it wasn't like you could just pick up the Chicago Tribune and follow closely along every detail of the, of the Chicago Bulls. It just it just wasn't that easy. Um, so to see some of that stuff that I didn't know about or had forgotten about, I thought was was fascinating. Yeah, funny you should mention Ozark because that was one of my favorites, and it was so intense. I, I I like after the first episode, I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I I, I was like. Wow. Uh, if, and, you need to watch Ozark, it. Uh, you know, as as it is said, you watch television because you like the characters. So for me, that is definitely the case with 
Blue Bloods. Hmm. And it's definitely the case with Ozark. There are a lot of characters on that program that you feel for one way or the other. You love them or you hate them or you're just intrigued by them. Yeah. There's so just seem there's so many characters on Ozark. That was what really hooked me. Yeah, they're all good. Jason Bateman, Laura Linney. I mean, they're tremendous. But getting back to your Blue Bloods, Tom Selleck, I mean, you think about this guy. What an amazing career. Other than the reverse mortgage commercial. Uh, I think everything has been amazing. He's, you know, he was Magnum PI. Yeah. He was in Friends in the heyday. He, right. yeah, he, he's in this Blue Buds. It seems like every show he's on is a hit. He is uh, good for at least two, and this is a very nerdy observation of hey, me. Love but, and nerdy uh, opera, yeah. But but just just like the uh, the audio from it, he has the biggest and most nasal size. Every time he lets out like that deep breath through his nose, it happens at least a couple of times on the show where he has to go into deep thought about something. I don't know if this is the way the air passes over his mustache or, or what it is. But, uh, <laughs> the best mustache. It, yeah. It's, it's the most uh, recognizable thing. The nasal sigh. Wow. Tom Selleck. Look at this. This is the type of stuff you don't get on any other podcast. You're not going to no, get that's, that's right. about the nasal stuff, right? You don't get to talk about this on your on your morning show, right? That, that, and I feel good. I feel good about being able to share it. Well, because it's, uh, like I said, it's a nerdy observation. I've made the observation to Kelly, and uh, she agrees with me. And it's just our little secret, and now I'm happy to share it well, with the world. Well, I appreciate that. And Kelly is a, is very lucky um, that you can <laughs> share this with, with, with everybody. Uh, and speaking of television, so... Back in the 80s, there was a show called Who's the Boss? You remember that with Alyssa Milano and yes. uh, Tony Danza, Catherine, the late uh, Catherine Hellman. And uh, they are doing apparently a reboot of this show. I don't know if you saw this. Did not see that. Yeah, there's apparently, um, it's coming back after nearly 30 years since the sitcom had uh, ended. The stars are ready to bring the characters back to the small screen. Now, they have done this a little bit. I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about nerds. Full House, I watched Fuller House. I watched all the episodes of, of Fuller House. Uh, Roseanne, I started to watch that, the reboot. Um, I think they tried it with uh, Murphy Brown. That really didn't work. Yeah. A couple others have tried. And, and I actually think it's a great idea. Friends is thinking about doing it. I think it's a good idea because we never get tired of these characters, and we kind of want to see them later on in life. I mean, is that kind of where – I guess this that's where this, the show is going to go. Um Alyssa Milano all grown up, and Tony Danza, he probably hasn't changed a bit. You know, he's probably, what, 70, or I don't know how old he he's He's got to be close to that. Anyway, I don't know how old Tony Danza is, but uh, who's the boss? I don't know. What What are your thoughts? Is that, is that, that will that be must-see TV for you, Gordon Deal? Like, you know, again, for me, it's Blue Bloods. That's yeah. it. Okay. It's the only thing I watch on You're TV a tough crowd. Other than, other than uh, Saturday morning, English soccer or Sunday morning English soccer. That's it. Uh, I'll, I'll be waiting for Ozark season four. I'm very limited in scope in terms of my uh, my TV entertainment. But the thing about about those reruns or those redos is that uh, you know somebody sees an opportunity for for money in there, which is fine. But to me, it also points to, geez, there just seems to be a lot a, a lack of creativity. If you got to start doing these redos, that's that's the best you got. Yeah, but you know they, there's money to be made. You know, but look at the theaters these days. How many how many redos of uh, uh, Star Wars or I, you know, any of these uh, superhero movies? Oh, I mean, enough. Yeah, never. But they make money, so uh, people well, go to them. I just think, geez, it kind of 
seems to be speak to a lack of creativity. Well, I think the music industry figured this out a long time ago because you you saw the geezers at Caesars. You always see the Rolling Stones out there. You see all these bands going back out, and they're still tremendous, and they still play. Maybe Bon Jovi can't sing like he used to, but I would rather hear a bad Bon Jovi than some of these um, new, you know, some of the new new bands because there really isn't a lot of creativity there. So I'd rather sit there and you know and do that what are your, your thoughts of that music is definitely uh one where you know i don't care how old they are i'm gonna go see well you you know the the two bands you referenced for example the rolling stones or bon jovi fans of those bands are of a certain age in life now where they have the money to purchase those concert tickets yeah or hop on a plane when there used to be air travel yeah back in those days these, yeah to go see these bands so um you know, I understand it from that perspective. Uh, you know, we're the age right now that's being targeted, right? Maybe our kids are out of college. You're very close to it. We're more settled in life. You know, maybe we're at our peak earning years. So, you know, the watchers of Friends, the watchers of Full House, you know, the watchers of Who's the Boss, uh, listeners of the Rolling Stones or Bon Jovi, those folks are of the age now where they have the money or they're they're coveted by advertisers and things like that. So, uh, you know, I, yeah. I think you, you painted that picture. We're, we're dollar signs and all this. Oh, it, it, when they say it's not about the money, it's about the money. Because obviously in college football, if you see Division One, Division Two rather, and Division Three have canceled all of the activities, right? Division One is like, hold my beer. Yes. <laughs> we're, not, we're not stopping anything. We, yeah. We've got too much money. It, it, yeah. it is, right? I mean, that's all about when they say it's not about the money, it is about the money. Let's just admit. See, if we could just admit that and move on, it is about the money. I mean, Penn State the other day, I think, said they could be losing upwards of eight to nine figures. Wow. Dollars for the cancellation of sports. That's that's just astonishing when you talk about the money. I mean, to your point, yes, all about the money. All about the money. It's a, and it's 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 the same way. Um, you know, we're trying to get in Ohio. They just said that they're going to do some high school football, and uh, they want to start uh, where they're going to do about uh, six games, then do the playoffs and finish everything up by November. I don't know what shortening the schedule is going to do. I also don't understand the logic of playing just the teams in your conference because. Isn't that, I mean, people are still getting it that way too, right? What, what's the difference? If you're going to play, you're going to play, right? I've started coaching high school soccer again uh, in the fall. So the same thing is for us. You're going to play a limited schedule, and they're not going to crown a division champ or hold a conference tournament to crown a conference tournament champion. But what's what's an extra three games? What, what difference yeah. does that make? But I have no idea. It, uh, as you know, there's no there's no playbook on this thing, so everybody's making it up as they go, and I get that to a certain extent. But some of the decision making is just open to questioning for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think either I mean, I guess you you can be you don't have to be all in. You could be kind of middle ground, but it seems like there's so many different variables, and other people are taking it a, a little more seriously. Some are not. And some states are doing it. Should, you know, it, it's hard to uh, fathom, but the kids want to play. And that's that's what the, the I, I, no one wants to sit at home and not do it, right? If we, if we can social distance, I always like to say, if you could stand in line at Home Depot, Lowe's, they've been open forever, along with Walmart. All these stores have been open. You are just as likely to get it there as you would 
playing in a soccer game, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. Unless you're going to make the argument that being outdoors is better for you than indoors. I don't know. That's... I would think it would be, but there's there's just too little data, right? Yeah, we don't know. You, you could tell me that outdoors is great and the way to go. I could find a study, you know, in two seconds flat that they could show. Well, do it properly indoors, and you're fine. Yeah, uh, there's just not enough firm data right now. No, there's not. And the problem is, there's. I always like to say there's almost too much information for everything, where you get so much information that you don't know what to believe yeah. is true or not. Like you know, we know the masks are going to help, so wear the mask. And then you got people that are that are shaming people that are not wearing the mask. It's like enough already. You're not any better than that person, you know. And everybody's always got to take a dig. Have you seen celebrities with a, you know, hashtag wear the damn mask or even Brian Cranston, who I love in in, and he is uh, Breaking Bad. I love it, you know. And obviously in Seinfeld too, right? But he came out and he said he had COVID and he recovered and everything's good. Thank God, you know. He's he's fine. But he always had to throw it, wear the damn mask. Like, again, maybe people are wearing the mask and they're still getting it. I don't know. I, you know, it's, it seems to me that people are wearing the mask and people are still getting it. So that's the way you got to look at it. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I'm well, with you. this has been a pleasure, Gordy. Why don't you uh, plug how I can consume? I think that's the new term now. How can we consume your uh, news program in the morning? Let's, uh, let's get that out there for people. All right, uh, we, we could simply Google me. That would that would work. Uh, Gordon, G O R D O N. My last name is Deal. Like, let's make a deal. Um, if your memory is solid, uh, the website is called thismorningwithgordondeal.com. Uh, if you I'll post podcast, it on the website too. If you want to hear the podcast, uh, you know it's on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, you know all of your typical streaming uh, services. You can access Alexa or uh, Google Home to play it. Um, so. You're a big star. Look at you. Just a big star. Yeah. It's it's amazing, my, you know. Now we we worked together back in the 90s, you know. It's it's funny. I saw a picture uh, of a mutual friend of ours, Glenn, who uh, showed a picture from the 80s. He had this really long rock star type of hair. Do you do you remember yes. that? You've seen that? In, in his from his DJ days. Yes. Yeah. Back in the DJ days, man. It's yeah. it's funny how the mullets and I think the mullets are coming back just like they everything else, back. right? The mullets yeah, are coming back. back. And uh, apparently uh, they're worried about their exit velocity also. So that's kind of the way. <laughs> Got to get the exit velo out there. Now, you can like uh, Lens Burning Bush on Facebook and Twitter, at Lens Burning Bush, uh, trying to do some of the social media here. Uh, we are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio now. And now we are also on uh, TuneIn as well, which, again, I don't know. Some of these I don't even know what they are, but we're apparently – on them we're, we're right now a little slow but 23 states i think are are consuming it we've had people in germany and we've had people in uh, the uk listening but uh you know it's uh this is fun for me it's fun to catch up with you after all these years hope uh, kelly and the kids everybody's safe you know because that's the world is a better place with gordon deal in it so make sure you stay safe all right brother I appreciate that. Good talking to you, Len. Yeah, good talking to you. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Gordon Deal. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back again with another episode of Len's Burning Bush next week. So long.